Hello America and welcome to the story of America. Tonight's episode is titled The Death of a Nation. And you know, normally I would I would uh, have a script, I would have a story, and there would be a lot of research involved. But uh, I'm going to continue carrying off of the last episode, which was to preserve the to preserve a nation. And I'm just going to talk freely and I might I might have I might actually invite somebody to join in with me on this one here. I'm not sure. I'll find out sooner or later. Let me take a look here now and see actually. If, you know, as I as I as I do these things there's a lot to discuss. A lot of it. Let me see here. I guess I guess uh, I guess a good place to start would be the same way that I started the previous episode, and that is with our Declaration of Independence. But I think it's more important that I read the entire Declaration of Independence on this particular one. Now, let me commence here. The Declaration of Independence of the 13 Colonies in Congress, July 4th of 1776. The unanimous declaration of these United States of America. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which they have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature and of nature's God entitle them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We owe these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience have shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer all evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain, George III, is a history of repeated injury and usurpation, all having direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let's let facts be submitted to the candid world. He refused to assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. 
He has forbidden his governors to pay to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended, and their operation till his assent should be ordained uh, obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable uh, to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of the public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such disillusions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime, exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions from within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose, obstructing the laws of naturalization for foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions to new appropriations of land. He has obstructed the, administrative, the administration of justice by refusing his assent to the laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent upon his will alone for the tenure of their office and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new officers and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has, kept, uh, he has kept among us, in times of peace, standing armies without the consent of our legislature. He has affected to render the military independent of and the superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to, to jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and, and unacknowledged by our laws giving his assent to their acts and pretended legislation for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world for imposing taxes on us without our consent for depriving us in many cases of the benefit of trial by jury for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses for abolishing the free system of english laws and the and a neighboring province established therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our government. For suspending our own legislature and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of, our, out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He has at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun under already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy of the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country to become the executioners of their friends and brethren or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontier 
the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. At every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in, in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence, they too have been deaf to the voice of our of justice and consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war and peace friends. We, therefore, the representatives of these United States and General Congress assembled appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these United Colonies are and, and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British Crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as a free and independent state they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce and do all the other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Signed, the Declaration of Independence. Now, as I read the Declaration of Independence for a reason. There's striking parallels in the Declaration of Independence. as to where we are right now in our society. There are striking similarities in the Declaration of Independence as to or the reason we dissolved our allegiance to Britain in the first place and created these United States. These very same usurpations, these very same abuses are going on right now within our country. I'm now going to skip over to uh, the first article of the amendments of the Constitution, which is uh, the First Amendment of the Constitution, and, uh, and uh, now let's look, look at this. Listen here. Article One, adopted in 1791, freedom of religion, speech press, assembly, and petition. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Article 2, adopted in 1791, the right to keep and bear arms, a well-regulated militia being necessary to security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I'm going I'm to stop right there real quickly here. Actually, let me read this one too. Adopted in 1791, the protection rights not enumerated in the Constitution. The enumeration of, in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed 
to deny or disparage others retained by the people. I, you know, I could go on and on and on and on reading parts and pieces of this, the articles which create the amendments of our Constitution. Article 1. The freedom of religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. It says here that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof or bridging the freedom of speech. But you look right now in our country today where Congress moves openly and willingly to censor the President of the United States, to censor the American people, to allow big tech and these oligarchs to completely subvert the free press and the free speech of the American people. The app parlor is banned and blocked on the Play Store of Google. It's banned and blocked and slowed down on the browsers of Microsoft Edge and Google Chrome. I haven't tried Firefox, but I assume it would be done so there as well. Twitter has blocked the president and banned him. Facebook has banned the president. Google has banned the president's accounts. The Apple stores, blocked parlor, all of the places where we should have and by all right to by the Constitution of the United States should have freedom of speech are being abridged and Congress is fully invested and in allowing this to happen. This is abhorrent to the Constitution of the United States. This is what it means to have been deaf to the nation of, the, of America. 242 years, 250 years nearly, our country has fought hard and bled to preserve these rights for all of us. From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Act, to the marches that took place in the 60s and 70s, and even up until the 2016, when President Trump was elected, we have fought and bled and died for the rights to be able to say and do and practice whichever religion, whatever words, whatever thoughts that we may have. But now you have a time in our society where Congress has completely gone against what, it, what they are to be preserving. We have cowards and traitors among us leading us. As the old saying goes, that it's the monkeys running the zoo, and that's exactly what's happening to America. We have traitors running the country. They have given allegiance to China and Russia, where they will completely bow down and cow down to the old world order and allow them to do whatever the fuck they want. But here in America, they would suppress us and they would put their foot on the throats of us and silence us from being able to speak our own minds. Now, it is entirely possible that my, that my platform goes nowhere, as I'm a small voice. I may be, able, I may be very, very well able to get past all of the censorship. Because I'm such a small and indistinguishable voice. But if they can do this to the President of the United States, if they can do this to an entire platform of people that are trying to exercise their freedoms and liberties that is enshrined under this Constitution, then who's to say they can't do it to me or you or anybody else? People should be outraged that this is happening, but yet you have people, these lunatics, these retarded people that are growing up in this civilization today, in this era, the Democrats and conservative Republicans that are allowing this to happen and completely have no shame in what's going on. 
They are championing it. They are praising it when this is going against everything that makes America, America. I dare say that America died decades ago before I was even born. Because the generation that preceded me did nothing to fight for the generation that I'm in now. And the generation that I'm in now have been indoctrinated and designed and programmed by the schools to cow down and fight against the very idea and concept of freedom. And yet they come around here calling themselves liberals. The very meaning of liberty is to be free. And they would have government constrain us and lock us down from having a voice at all. And you bastard people, friends of mine, family of mine, people I've never seen before, you bastard people are allowing this to happen and are cheering for it. I'm a religious man and I was completely abhorred and upset and pissed off beyond belief when I listened to the prayer of Congress that they called our God that we formed this union under by the name of Brahma, the Hindu God of creation, a polytheistic culture. And I had the gall to say that we pray to the monotheistic God Brahma when Brahma is one of three. Vishnu is and Shiva the holy trifectorate of the Hindu religion which consists of more gods than that Ganesha, Hanuman, Kali, Vakshakti and more than that people should be outraged at what's going on this our country has completely been dissolved from from here on out if we have no freedom to be able to say what we want, if we have no freedom to be able to march when we want, but the hell of all the violence that they caused and the death they caused this summer, but when we go and we have the same right and the same voice and the same assembly which is protected under the Constitution of the United States, and they censor us and, and decide that they want to try to get rid of the only voice that we have, which is the President of the United States, but they are completely fine allowing cities to burn and people to die and say not a damn thing about it nor try to impeach any of the hypocritical politicians running our government now. You all should be damned to the lowest pits of hell for what you have decided to do to this country. It shouldn't take somebody like me, a nobody, of a voice hardly to be heard to have to sit here and do this there's no one in congress fighting for our voice there's no one in politicians fighting and politics fighting for us there's no one on the media the media is owned by the tech oligarchs that are censoring us and stopping us from being able to speak our freedom that's enshrined in the Constitution. I can't tell you how many times I've seen so-called Christian people following this type of racism that's been spread by Democrats. This Raphael Warnick that's elected in Georgia, the racist things he said about God's chosen people, the Jews, and he has the right and the gall to call himself a pastor, and you so-called Christians are deciding to say that this is what's supposed to happen in America? A place where we have fought and died to get rid of racist ideology. The fuck is wrong with you people? I can't believe that I have to sit here and go through this for however long this rent may take because you people are cowards and disillusioned and run by Satan himself. I mean, let me let me open up this open up this internet browser here. I'm just gonna go through a couple of things. It's, I mean, it's gonna be fucking difficult to find it because they can they completely removed all stories of the Hunter Biden scandals, all stories that were negative to Obama, all stories that were negative to Biden. They completely removed all of it, and then they continued to make up bullshit about the President of the United States. 
calling him a racist when I can play dozens of videos, when I can read countless statements long before the president even began running into politics, all the way back to the 80s before I was even born when the president is disavowing all sorts of racism. When Joe Biden at the time is claiming that he was receiving rewards from racist people like George Wallace and James Easton for segregating the United States, eulogizing grand wizards of the KKK. Let, let me let me take a look here so this summer when we have all of this violence and all of these cities are up in flames and they're burning and businesses are being destroyed and burned down and people are like oh it's mostly peaceful but it's 2.5 billion dollars worth of damage 257 people murdered more than that if you include the chaos in the streets of Chicago and Baltimore Detroit Oakland Portland, Sacramento, Seattle, where they took over the entire city, took it over completely, and not a single one of you stupid little feckless fucks decided that lethal force was necessary to preserve the freedom of the people that lived there. Well, when people peacefully assemble at the Capitol, you dare call these people terrorists where not a single one had weapons, not a single person was harmed, except for the people that were protesting, four of them were killed by the police. But you had people in Portland, Oregon, in Seattle, Washington, in Atlanta, Georgia, in Chicago, Illinois, New York City, New York, New Orleans, Louisiana, Jackson, Mississippi, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Miami, Florida. They had people burning down entire communities, killing people. And Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and the, and the Act Blue are funding and put bailing these people out of jail. And they continue to go out there and they burn down more buildings. They kill more people. They ruin more people's lives. They destroy the freedom and preservation and prosperity that the Constitution is designed to protect. And you people have nothing to say. Nothing. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. And I'm going to have to normalize all of this stuff because there's a whole, it's like my, my computer's telling me that I'm in the red zone. It's, my volume has gotten way too high. But as I stand here today, or as I sit here in my chair and I do this show and I'm listening to what's going on and I'm looking around and I'm seeing what's going on and I'm seeing how we are being suppressed, how we are being oppressed and how the dissent is happening and how these aristocracy here in America as they completely destroy the very foundation of our system of governance and none of you have a problem with it you're happy because the president has been censored you're completely happy about that the president has time and time again disavowed every form of violence, every form of hatred, every form of bigotry. And still, you continue moving forward with this charade, with this nonsense, with these lies. I have to say, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of the of hypocrites here in America. I'm sick and tired of people who profess to be Christians, particularly members of my own family and friends of mine, people that I've known from the church for over two decades of my life now, 
supposed to be the pastor's wives, supposed to be the pastors, supposed to be the deacons and the mothers and brothers and sisters of the church calling for the death of the president of the United States when he's the only one that's given a damn to even try to fight for your right to have religious freedom. He's the only one that's even decided to try to fight for Israel's right to, to have Jerusalem as the capital, the people of God. And you will profess to support people who are continuously making Israel out to be the enemy of the free people of the United States? God's chosen people, the enemy? And you call yourself Christians. I'm going to play this video and I want you to listen. This is the President of the United States disavowing racism for all of you hypocrites out there that say the president does nothing but cause racism the only ones that are doing anything racist here are the democrats they're the ones that run on race listen to this are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do that? I totally disavow the Ku Klux Klan. I totally disavow David Duke. Any group of hate, I am, whether it's white supremacy, whether it's any other kind of supremacy, whether it's Antifa, whether it's any group of hate, I am very concerned about it and I'll do something about it. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. Hate has no place in America. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Racism is evil. And those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. From David Duke. I didn't even know he endorsed me. David Duke endorsed me? Okay. All right. I disavow. Okay? What about the... David Duke is saying to his supporters and followers, vote for Donald Trump. White supremacists are saying, vote. do you want those votes? No, I don't want them, and I don't want him to say it. Let me ask you about this one. Uh, Are you ready before you ask the question? Newt Gingrich said every Republican should repudiate this guy, no matter what it takes. And I do. Rebuked. Is that okay? Rebuked. Rebuked. Done. Done. When Chris joined, we had a news conference, and they asked me the exact same question. I said, I disavow. I put out a tweet, and I put out on Facebook that I totally disavow. And I disavowed then. I disavowed today on ABC with George Stephanopoulos. I disavowed again. I mean, how many times are you supposed to disavow? But I disavow. Uh, secondly, uh, David Duke and all were disavowed. I disavowed him on Friday. I disavowed him on Twitter and Facebook. They were disavowed again. I disavowed him every time I speak to somebody virtually. It was totally disavowed. So are you prepared right now to make a clear and unequivocal statement renouncing the support of all white supremacists? Of course I am. Of course I am. I mean, there's nobody that's done so much for equality as I have. You know, David Duke is a bad person who I disavowed on numerous occasions over the years. I disavowed him. I disavowed the KKK. Just to put it clear, I disavowed him in the past, and I disavow him now. What do you see as the biggest problem with the Reform Party right now? Well, you've got David Duke just joined. A bigot, a racist a problem. I mean, this is not exactly the people you want in your party. And I disavowed David Duke, and I disavowed him the day before at a major news conference, but I disavowed David Duke. Now, if you looked on Facebook, right after that, I also disavowed David Duke. When we looked at it and looked at the question, I disavowed David Duke. So I disavowed David Duke all weekend long, on Facebook, on Twitter, and mm -hmm. obviously it's never enough. How do you feel about the David Duke quasi-endorsement? I don't need anybody's endorsement. Would you, I'm not looking would you for David sure. How many times do I have to reject? I've rejected David Duke, rejected David Duke, 
uh, I've rejected the uh, KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. From the time I'm five years old, I rejected them. David Duke and robocalls are out again, the white supremacist movement supporting you. Uh, do you have any words for that? Well, I disavow. The Ku Klux Klan, which obviously I'm going to disavow. Do you want white supremacists to vote for you? No, I don't at all. Not at all. And I will tell you, this is not about hate. This is about love. I have to say, I've said it many times, and let me be clear again, I condemn the KKK. I condemn all white supremacists. I condemn the Proud Boys. I spoke out forcefully against hatred, bigotry, and violence, and strongly condemned the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, and the KKK. So here is my first statement when I heard about Charlottesville. We're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia. This is me speaking. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. It has no place in America. Okay. Now that's just a small portion. It's 38 times that the president disavowed in that in those clips. That's just a small portion of the amount of times the president has had to do that. But how many times did you ask Joe Biden to do that? How many times did you ask Barack Obama to do that? How many times did you ask Kamala Harris to do that? You know, Joe Biden and Barack Obama attended the funeral of Robert Byrd, the leader of the Ku Klux Klan for more than 40 years. Hey, Joe Biden eulogized him. He mentored Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was a member of the Goldwater Girls, which is an all-women's division of the Ku Klux Klan. Did you ask her to disavow racism? Did you? The president has no ties to any of these organizations, but yet he's supposed to disavow them. That you disavow Black Lives Matter for the racist, hateful things that they have said and done, for the kidnapping of that white special needs person that they kidnapped and tortured, four, four or five people tortured this man. Did you disavow Black Lives Matter protesters running on the streets in broad daylight, shooting a man dead in the streets of New York while his daughter is? Three years old, no, three or eight years old, running for safety after her father drops dead in the middle of the street as he's shot in broad daylight. Did you disavow? Did you disavow for the little one-year-old that was shot in New York at his family's cookout for his birthday when a stray bullet comes in and kills the boy? Did you disavow for Shakira Turner's family? Did you? When Black Lives Matter is rioting, burning down the Wendy's for a criminal who got killed by the police because he decided to shoot at the police officers and rightfully got killed for it. And they sprayed up that car and killed that precious eight-year-old. Did you disavow Black Lives Matter and Antifa? Did you? Did you disavow Antifa? In 2016, 2015, at UCLA Berkeley, when Milo Yiannopoulos, a gay white guy who was married to a gay black guy, was conservative speaking at a conservative event that was requested by the conservative members of the school, over 300. And what did the liberals do? What did your beloved Antifa and Black Lives Matter do? They burned the building down with all 300 people inside. Not a single one was arrested. The police were told not to get involved by the mayor and by the dean of the school. Luckily, nobody was injured. But they barricaded the doors. They were trying to stop people from getting out. They were trying to burn alive more than 350 people. Did you disavow them? Did you? These are the people that you voted for. These are the people that you believe are giving you everything that you want in America. I, I mean, I am at a loss of words when I listen to black people sit here and complain about racism 
when they are the most racist people in America. I can't tell you how many times I sit back and just laugh and internally and roll my eyes as I'm sitting back and I'm listening to my grandmother and I'm listening to my aunts and friends of mine and I'm listening to black people as I'm walking through the store at Walmart and just the little scoffs under their breath. Oh, white people, so fucking retarded. Oh, that white person over there. Look at that white nigga there. Look at that black negro over there. Look at that Uncle Tom over there. Look at that race trading motherfucker there. The most racist and evil people full of hatred here in America are black. And has been for a long time. And will continue to be so until somebody stands up and fights for what's right and fights what's truth in this country and if that has to be somebody like me if there has to be a reckoning if there has to be a burning and a scouring of the nation in order to get you feckless fucks to realize that then so be it or in common terms amen but I guess you guys don't use that term anymore you use a woman because apparently a man is gendered. Something that's been used for more than 2,000 years to give solidarity and agreement. Literally translated to so be it. But now, a man is too sexist to say. God is too sexist to praise. We have to call him a he and a she now. We can't just refer to God as he, as the Bible says, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It didn't say the mother and the daughter did it. But we just have to sit back and just listen to whatever they tell us to do. We're so holy and so Christian, but yet we're so easy to forsake our religion for some foolery that's been spit at us by these I don't even know what to call them I mean we are in times corrupt beyond corrupt you want to talk about bloodshed civil war Continue doing what you're doing. Continue allowing this shit to happen over and over again. And I guarantee you that you are going to have a bloodbath, the likes of which you've never seen before. The Bible says so. And let me tell you, while I'm on the, while I'm on this, um, the thing of, of Bibles, you want to talk about the year 2020 and how biblical it is? You know... In the book of Revelation, it talks specifically about the four horsemen, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Pestilence, one of my favorite portions to read because it is the one that is most easy to recognize when it hits the earth. It's supposed to land near a, a river of yellow water. Or at least that's what it says in the scripture. Let me, let me tell you this. Do you, know, you know something about geography? China has a river. The one, I think it's the third longest river in the world. As far as length-wise, not volume. Third or fourth, maybe sixth in overall volume. It's called the Yellow River. So it's right outside of Wuhan and Beijing, right over there. A virus came from pestilence. And so you want to talk about things that are biblical? Pestilence lands in a river that's yellow. The Yellow River is located in China. This the virus came from China. It's not wholly deadly, but the the reaction to the virus is what's deadly. Just as it says, what happened. Now, of course, we're not seeing two-thirds of the population die, or one-third of the population die altogether. That will happen over time through more diseases, as we're beginning to see more diseases come out of China. Another strand of coronavirus, another strand of E. coli. Every major virus in the, in the past 20 years has came out of China. SARS, 
E. coli, coronavirus, coronavirus 2.0. Swine flu came from came from Spain. Uh, and then speaking again biblically, I'm so you guys are perfectly fine and happy with Turkey having a wall between its border of Turkey and Kurd and the Kurds. They spent ten billion of our dollars to build that wall, but you won't spend that money to build a wall here. And you call yourself Christian, and you call yourself the moral high ground. In the book of Revelation in chapter 18, the Bible describes what heaven is to be like on the new earth. And it has 12 gates, four at each of the cardinal directions, four in the east, four in the west, four in the north, and four in the south. And the only way to enter into the kingdom is to enter through one of these gates, which is guarded by the sun. And it's 180 cubits high, and it's so deep that you can't tunnel underneath it. Okay, so if walls are moral enough for God to use, and walls are moral enough for us to spend $10 billion building them to protect some other country, why aren't walls moral enough and good enough for us to spend our own money to protect ourselves? Hmm? You know, I... I, I have to I have to let off some steam here. I I gotta I gotta bring someone onto the show to let off some steam with me, cause I know he's just he's gonna be just as pissed as I am. Let me, let me see here. Let me get get this bastard on. see if he answers because I gotta tell you the stuff that's happening right now the things that are going on right now I can go on and on and on and I'm gonna go on and on and on I've got I've, I've got 365 days to, to go on well actually there's more more like 345 now or 355 now to go on and on and on and on about all of this shit all year, I'm making an episode every day of the year. That's my goal. And I'm going to make sure that every day I chastise you. Now, here's the thing when it comes biblically with Donald Trump, any Christian would tell you that God could use anybody to get his message across and he'll use anybody to test your faith to see how faithful you are in his vision to see if you are spiritually aware and paying attention to what he has in store Saul now called Paul when he was going the Isle of Damascus he was a mean man a mean callous man God changed him turned him into the Apostle Paul, the possibly the greatest writer and biblical mind in the scripture. If he can do that to Paul, why can't why couldn't he do that to Donald Trump? Are you of so little faith that you would believe that God would allow someone faithless to fight a battle for him insti instituting the preservation of faith have have i lost have i lost something here have i lost the magnanimous power of god have i have i completely failed to realize that god is too weak that god is too feeble and powerless to use whomever he so desires 
You now have a man in elected to be inaugurated into office on the 21st of this month that swears allegiance to Palestine over Israel, over Jerusalem, who will give Jerusalem back into the hands of the enemy. And you say that God told you to vote for that. You have a man who's leaving office that has instituted peace deal after peace deal after peace deal after peace deal in the Middle East. Peace that I never thought would happen in the Middle East. My vision was that the only way that peace would happen in the Middle East was if you somehow got Saudi Arabia to become a republic, a democratic republic like America, because of all the wealth that they have, they would have the power to be able to institute peace in that region by unifying them all. That was my thoughts on how peace would happen, but then here comes Donald Trump and completely institutes peace in the Middle East with Four peace deals, things that I never thought possible. Trade deals with China that have reduced the deficit by $2 billion a month for the first time since China entered the World Trade Organization over 30 years ago. Now that money is completely kaput because we've overspent trying to take care of this virus that we should never have shut down the country for. The CDC's website says that only 11,000 people have actually died from the virus with no comorbidities. Taking the same numbers that they used in the Obama administration for swine flu, 750,000 people died from swine flu if you take the numbers that they used in the early math. When you look at the numbers now, it's only 17,500 that are dead from swine flu. But when they were doing the numbers, 68 million people infected, 750,000 Americans dead. That's what the real numbers were, or at least that's what the numbers were if you were using the same metrics that you're trying to use to quantify the deaths under COVID. Just so, just because you hate the president of the United States so much that you want to blame the president for deaths that he has nothing to do with. A virus that originated in a laboratory 3,000 miles away is the president's fault when the president acted earlier than all of the politicians in, in Congress combined. All of them were doing other things and saying that we shouldn't be taking the virus seriously. Nancy Pelosi in March saying, come to Chinatown. There's no need for panic or fear. Come on down to Chinatown. Grandstanding, using Chinatown as a way to say, don't blame the Chinese. Joe Biden said it was xenophobic to institute a ban on Chinese entry into the country. They called him racist for shutting down travel to the country from nations that were infected. Where's racism in that, huh? Trying to protect the people that you care about, trying to protect the people that you love, and that's racist. You know, 7,000 black people dead this year. Black Lives Matter raised $10 billion, and not a single dime has gone to pay for the funerals of these black people that are dead. Most of them dead due to their own fucking ignorance and their own actions and stupidity which led them to their deaths, gang violence. But a lot of them are dead because they were caught in the crosshairs. You have you have Black Lives Matter protesting in the streets over Breonna Taylor, who was a criminal. Her house was the stash house. You can look at the police report on the Tatum report, which is a which is funded by a police officer who knows a thing or two about police reports and about the evidence required to get them, shows a three-year track record of them investigating, staking out the houses, 
three years it took them before they even got a warrant to go for the arrest. And at the same time of their simultaneous arrest, they arrested Jamarcus Glover, the boyfriend who was the seller. And then they were to arrest her because she was the stash house where all the money was kept at. You're talking about, oh, she was an EMT. No, she lost that job years before she lost her life. She lost a job because she had a dead body in her rental car that was found when it was returned to the dealer. A dead body in the car that she was seen leaving after her boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover, was seen killing someone. She is seen in pictures of AK-47s across the chest. Bags of weed and bags of methamphetamines and cocaine that she's using to destroy the city of St. Louis, Kentucky. Oh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, was it Saint, or was it St. Louis? I can't remember. Probably St. Louis. That's where a lot of black people are. But Louisville is where a lot of black people are, too. But they're destroying our civilization, they're destroying our people, they're destroying our culture, they're destroying our nation with these drugs. We've been fighting a war on drugs, trying to keep people from substance abuse, and what do they do in Oregon and in California and in Seattle? What do they do? They legalize drugs and say that they're legalizing it to help black people. I guess black people are so far gone that all we have is drugs to get by on. And you people are fine with this. Look, look where's my constitution at here? I got, I got, I, I gotta keep going here. Let me read for you some of the powers that are supposed to be enshrined to Congress. Okay? So, Article 1 of the Constitution, adopted in 1787, which has not been amended, this article of the Constitution. In Section 8, it addresses the particular powers that Congress is to have to protect the people of the United States. Listen carefully. The Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. To borrow money on the credit of the United States. To regulate commerce within foreign nations and among the several states and within the Indian tribes. To establish an uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States. To coin money, regulate the value thereof and and a foreign coin, and fix the standard of weights and measures. To provide for the punishment of counterfeiting the securities and the current coin of the United States. To establish post and post raids, and I'm uh, sorry, post roads to start post office and post roads to promote the progress of science and useful arts by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries to constitute tribunals inferior to the supreme court to define and punish piracies and felonies committed on the high seas and offenses against the laws of nations to declare war, grant letters of marque, of mark and reprisal, and make rules concerning captures on land and water. This is important. Listen to this one very carefully. To raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. To provide and maintain a navy, to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and the naval forces. This is very important when it comes to the protection of our border. To provide for the calling forth of the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions. To provide for organizing, 
arming and disciplining the militia and for governing such part of them as may be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to the states respectively the appointment of the officers and the authority of training the militia according to the discipline prescribed by Congress to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district not exceeding 10, ten miles square as may by secession by session of particular states and the acceptance of Congress become the seat of the government of the United States and to exercise like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state and which the same shall be for the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings and to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers and all other powers vested by this constitution in the government of the United States or any department or officer thereof. In section 9, they say no tax or duty shall be laid on articles exported from any state. No title of nobility shall be given or granted in the United States, yet we are calling the judges your honor. Then we call Ma Nancy Pelosi Madam Speaker. No titles of nobility should be granted in the United States. And I'm not done yet. Article 3, the Supreme Court, which has showed us how cowardice they are by not performing their duties and this year passed to prevent all sorts and all manners of chaos against the Declaration of Independence and against the Constitution of the United States, particularly the infringement upon the Bill of Rights. Article two of the Article three of the Constitution establishes the judicial power of the Supreme Court. Now, the judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equity arising under its Constitution. The laws of the United States and treaties made, or which shall be made under their authority, to all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, to all cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction, the controversies to which the United States shall be a party, the controversies between two or more states, between a state and citizens, or another state between citizens of a different state, between the citizens of the same state claiming lands under grants of different states, and between a state or the citizens thereof and the foreign states, citizens or subjects. In all cases affecting ambassadors or other public ministers and councils, and those in which a state shall be a party, the Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction. And all the other cases before mentioning the Supreme Court shall have been appellate jurisdiction, both as to law and fact with such exception, and under such regulations as the Congress shall make. The trial of all crimes, except in the cases of impeachment, shall be by jury and such trials shall be held in the state where the said crimes shall have been committed. But when not committed within any state, the trial shall be at such place or places as the Congress may, by law, have directed. Now the Supreme Court's only duty is to enforce the law as it relates to the Constitution. They have authority over inferior courts. They are supreme to both the supreme and inferior courts of states. They have lifetime appointments. 
But now because Congress, the Democrats, did not get their way, they want to term limit the Supreme Court, which I'm all for, term limit the Supreme Court. I think 18 years is far too long. It's enough. Get them out of there within 15, in my opinion. But they want to term limit the Supreme Court. But they refuse to place term limits upon themselves. Because they have not been fighting for us. They've been fighting for their own fucking bank accounts for decades. I cannot for the life of me understand nor comprehend nor do I want to understand nor comprehend what goes on in the mind of you morons that sit back and praise the destruction of the very foundation of our union that dis that praise the very destruction of our God that we are to serve I cannot for the life of me by any reason or merit find anything reasonable conscionable dare I say intelligent by any of you I could go on a rant for a long long time but I got more videos to make I've got more recordings to make I've got more episodes to make so I'm going to stop this one here and I hope that you watch it till it's end or listen to it till it's end because it's a recording because what you have allowed to happen what you have allowed to occur is the death of our nation and the beginning of the end of freedom across the entire globe thank yourselves for the hell that we're going to find ourselves in now and that has been the story of America and by God what a damning story it has been God bless you all have a good night